Hello everyone and welcome to the Ranking of the Stars, a podcast in which I, Jack Dilo Boblik, and my lovely, luscious, laxative for the soul wife, Hi, I'm Emily Dilo Boblik. Watch in chronological order every single movie that has won the Oscar for Best Picture, normally. But today we are doing our 1940s recap episode. Yes. So it's a retrospective of the decade and handing out some of our own personal awards. Awards such as... Uh, We have best male character, best female character, worst male character, worst female character. We have best visual overall, best visuals for a specific scene, most stylish, best writing, which is a new category for this decade. Worst moment of the decade and best moment of the decade. I, I thought we were going to take turns saying them. You said, fuck you, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I forgot we had taken turns last time. And well, you do you do so much of the talking usually on yeah, each episode. We're out of practice because we actually had to miss a week yes. because the entire damn state of California got flooded <laughs> and we were without power for numerous days. So. Yes. We skipped, we're out of practice. How does any of this work? What's the microphone? I don't know. I don't know. But that's what we're doing today. All right. So start with best male character. Let's do it. AKA the Humphrey Bogart Award for Uh, best Humphrey Bogart presented by Humphrey Bogart. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are other nominees, but we all know where this is going. Yeah. So the nominees for this category... Are Rick in Casablanca. Homer Parrish from Best Years of Our Lives. Mr. Gruffid or Griffith from How Green Was My Valley. Uh, Dad Morgan or Gwillem Morgan, if you want to be all technical about it, from How Green Was My Valley. And Toby Miniver from Mrs. Miniver. Yeah, this... I, usually how we do these awards is we uh, nominate ones to be eliminated, but we're, there's no need to be precious about this. It's, it's, it's fucking hungry. <laughs> no, it's, yes. it's Casablanca. Come on. Yes, it's it's Rake. We all know. And I feel bad because Homer Parrish was such a great character that in any other decade, I think he would have won this, but he just had the misfortune to be in the same decade as one of the best movies ever made. Absolutely. Also, at the same time, I feel like Homer Parrish was not given as much screen time as he deserved which makes it even more impressive yes he accomplished so much with so little absolutely absolutely yeah so best male character of the 1940s it, it's rick from casablanca come yeah. on the the arch archetype of the the broken detective yeah he was just amazing amazing in this role it was just it was a, a pleasure to just watch him for, what, about two hours? It was just a, a wonderful movie and a wonderful character. Yeah. He's not a man. He's a myth. Yeah. And it's amazing to watch. He had depth to a level that we hadn't really seen before, I feel. He had more layers to him and uh, an evolution that we hadn't really seen in any other male character before yeah and symptom of the the decade overall we more complex writing yeah is what we got i feel that best female character best female character we have mom morgan Mm. from how green was my valley millie stevenson from best years of our lives 
Peggy Stevenson from Best Years of Our Lives as well. And Ilsa Lund from Casablanca. From Casablanca. This was uh, slim pickings for good female characters this decade. It was harder to pick good uh, best female characters for this one than it was in the 30s. Yeah. There there were no... uh, No mammies. There were no mammies (laughs) this decade. Yeah. Uh, I don't think... I don't think Ilsa Lund uh, can hang with this crowd. I think she, she's a good female character. She's I feel she also has some depth uh, to her. She has uh, a lot of layers. She's a very complex female character. But I she also cheated on her husband, who was in a concentration camp. Yeah, but also she <laughs> thought he was dead. <laughs> and I don't. Know. I might disagree with you there on her being a good female character. I felt like she was barely a character at all. She was more just like a symbol for heartbreak. She was more like a metaphor than a person. I see. Yeah, I can see that. But I also thought that she had like what complex did, interactions with people. What What does she do in, in that plot aside from draw a gun on Humphrey Bogart once and then not even <laughs> fire it? I know. She's more like an object to be desired than any sort of actual like active agent in the plot i understand no i understand what everything you're saying i just feel like she is also very much she's at the center of the story and a lot of the characters in the movie revolve around her and she's uh, needs to have a lot of she has to have like nerves to handle herself in front of, uh, of it takes a lot of guts to pull a gun on humphrey bogart <laughs> But just like to hold herself to her husband, to hold herself to, you know, in front of uh, Rick and to deal with the Nazis. I think she, uh, to me, she was a really good, a really good uh, female character because she has a lot of guts and she can definitely hold herself in front of a lot of people. So that's why I, I wanted to nominate her for this category. I don't think she hangs though. No, I don't think that she's the best out of the, out of this crowd. Who are you going to nominate for the chopping block? Oh, probably Millie Stevenson. I agree. If you hadn't done it, it would have been me. <laughs> Again, like she's, I appreciate her role. I I appreciate some of the lines that she has in the movie. She's just not a strong enough character yeah, overall. She's just the pure-hearted girl next door. We've seen plenty of that type already. Nothing special, I don't think. We're talking about the same person, right? Millie is the wife. Oh, Millie's the wife? No. Millie's great. <laughs> no. What happened? I mean, <laughs> I have betrayed myself. Yeah, Millie I can, is the wife. I can, Peggy is the daughter. I confused Millie with Peggy. Millie? No. <laughs> I'm throwing myself in front of this axe. I mean, really, we both know this is going to go to mom. Uh, yeah, to I, mom just, Morgan. I just love that boy, you're tough line a lot. She was she was so authentic as a, a curmudgeonly half of a curmudgeonly couple. But yeah, all the all the stuff I said about Millie, pretend I said that about Peggy. <laughs> and then I nominate <laughs> Peggy for the chopping block because you're right. Mom Morgan is going to win this thing. Yes. For her speech of, listen up all you shitheads, I will kill you with my bare hands. Yes. Okay, just very quickly, I really, I wanted to nominate Peggy Stevenson for this category because she's young, but also she's, 
she has a solid head on her shoulders for the time and for her age. And I really, apart from the being a, a homewrecker, maybe. Yeah, I'm her, her be little, a homewrecker. Her little stunt as a homewrecker. She sees, she seems to see people really for who they are and appreciate them for who they are. She doesn't try to change people around her. She doesn't try to change her dad. She doesn't try to change her mom. She doesn't try to change even, I don't remember his name, the captain. Oh. <laughs> uh, Fred? Fred. 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 We did it. <laughs> yes. Um, she just takes people for who they are and, and she just loves them the way they are. Yeah. And I really appreciated that about her. As compared to Fred's wife, who's, we don't have enough money. I want to go out to eat. Okay, yeah. take the picture. <laughs> yeah. Put on your uniform. Yeah. yeah. She's no. not a, a soulless husk. I agree. <laughs> yes. Shambling around pretending to be human. <laughs> I think she's very, you know, innocent about life sometimes. But she also, had to me, has, at least in her depiction, a very solid stable head on her shoulders did she climb atop a, a snow-swept peak though and threaten extreme violence upon an entire town she did not yeah she did not she is way too frail is not the word too she kind just, yeah way she too does, kind she does not have that kind of fire in her belly yeah not yet <laughs> not yeah. yet to say as god is my witness with my own bare hands yeah so yeah, Mom Morgan has to be best female character in this in, in this list because she has some great lines, but also she is you get exactly what she is described as at the beginning of the movie. Like she's the pillar of this family. She's the center. She holds the family together. Yep, she's the glue. Yeah. She has her, her fiery side, but also her compassionate side. A well-rounded, fleshed-out, believable character. I loved all the scenes that she was in. Like, you know, the, the that scene when she threatens the man. But also the scene after she recovers and she gets out of the house and people are coming to greet her and, and all that. And her sons come back. Yes. Yeah, it was a great yeah. scene. She was amazing. Congratulations to Mom Morgan. Yes. Next category is worst male character. Oh boy, and there was uh, there were a lot in this decade. I imagine there will always be a lot in every decade. <laughs> this is the the most uh, stuffed category. For, so who for do all, we have for all time? We have Willie Stark, Whole World. Mm. Willie Stark, Willie Stark, <laughs> Whole World. <laughs> Willie Stark. <laughs> we have Jack Burden. Uh, also from All the King's Men. Willie Stark is from All the King's Men. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Philip Green from Gentleman's Agreement. Yes. We have Don Burnham from The Lost Weekend. And we have Father Fitzgibbon from Going My Way. <laughs> okay. Explain to me why you wanted to put Father Fitzgibbon on this list. Because he's he's not exactly a great character, but he's also just kind of mild. Because I could feel my bones turning to dust every time he was on screen. He's so boring. <laughs> He's just, he's the cinematic equivalent of just watching paint dry. Oh, wow. I can just feel my cells aging. 
Wow. As I watch this old man uh, slowly eat his turkey dinner <laughs> and played chess, uh, checkers, excuse me, in, shittily. And, uh, he had never played checkers before. Uh, bullshit. And also tell uh, women that their place is to be at home uh, raising children. Yeah, in the kitchen and raising children. Yep. Okay. That is why Father Food. I know he doesn't. He's not as bad as the others, though. So I just I wanted him on there so I could shit on him one last time. All right. I chose to put Don Burnham on this list because I know he's working through addiction and he's working through a lot of just a lot of shit in his life, but. He, in the middle of working through stuff in it, in his life, like he is also a very shitty character to a lot of the people around him. Like he's shitty to his brother. He's shitty to the prostitute that, uh, when he pretends to be in love with her to get money, and overall, just yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel anything that I could relate to to him yeah you could try and give him a pass by saying oh he's in the the grip of his addiction but i feel like those kind of arguments just boil down to oh his brain made him do it and doesn't everyone's brain make them do everything yeah (laughs) you can still choose to be a good person even even through addiction you still have agency there there is no illness that takes away your agency yeah is he the worst though I don't think so. Probably not. No. So then we're left with Philip Green, Jack Burden, and Willie Stark. Eh, Jack Burden and Philip Green, to me, they're kind of the same in which, in the sense that they're not great. They have their moments of shittiness, but they're also not very offensive. Philip Green's just a, a well meaning idiot. Yeah. And Jack Burden. You could also fall into that category, but he's a little worse than Philip Green because he just stands by and watch all this corruption and awfulness happen and helps it along because he's the hatchet man. Right. So he's worse than Philip Green. But yeah, I think I think Willie Stark, who immediately, uh, as soon as he got the slightest taste of power, just morphed immediately, instantly into a mob boss. Oh, definitely. And uh, tried to hit his uh, crippled son. Yeah. Ah, I forgot about that. Yep, he tried to smack Elvis right Ah, in his chops. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was as corrupt as it it gets. Yeah, though I don't think... I don't think he's as bad as Captain Bly, who won the the worst mail for the 30s, so... I mean, no, Captain... uh, Although... Captain Bly was directly responsible for, like, dozens of murders... (laughs) Yes, I will also understand in the movie that Willie Stark I, must have... We only know of one. We only know of one. We only know of but, one. But, I mean, one is already enough to assume that there could have been more. It's a numbers game. One is, is lower <laughs> than a dozen. <laughs> I, I will not give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. One that we know of. That's the asterisk on that statement. Exactly. So then we're on to worst female character... And our nominees are Anne Stanton from All the King's Men. Mm-hmm. Sadie Burke, also from All the King's Men. M- Mary Derry. Marie. Marie Derry from yeah. The Best Years of Our Lives. Uh-huh. Lady Belden from Mrs. Miniver. 
and Mrs. Danvers from Rebecca. Ooh. The evil maid. See, this is the category where it gets more, it gets juicier for me because yep. all of them. We have a, a much uh, wider and selection of bad female characters than good ones <laughs> this decade. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. a race to the bottom. Uh, I feel like Anne Stanton and Sadie Burke are probably not gonna make it. Oh, hold on, hold to on. To the top. You can't, but... you can't shove up groups up to the chopping block. We have to take them one at a time. Okay, then There's I'll a procedure take... to this. <laughs> I'll take Ann Stanton first. Ann Stanton? Oh, she's shitty. She's real shitty. She is shitty, but when you take some her, other people on this... Uh... Her, her stupid, uh, I'm going to turn my head so you can't even look me in the eye thing, that really gets under my skin. It's... It's just something a, a fucking toddler does. And to see a grown adult do it multiple times. Yeah, but I th- see, I think that's just bad acting. That's not necessarily the character itself. I, I, the, with the amount of human children I've met in my life, there are absolutely grown-ass adults that do that. <laughs> I think that was just true to life. Okay, so she stays in the list we uh well let's come back to ann stanton and take out the real weak link in this chain which is lady belden okay because lady belden is just your garden variety uh school marm which we have had dozens of at this point she's just a pearl clutcher yeah she was just an old lady that she sticks to what she knows and she has you know she's got money and she everybody is just you know kind of smaller than her in her own mind she's the opinion of that of like yeah grandma's a racist but she's also 98 so you know just just wait till she dies we'll give her a pass for (laughs) this one just she it's she's not gonna change she's 90 just (laughs) all right so lady belden gets a pass also her granddaughter died so she suffered enough that's true so yeah she can be taken off the the list who do you nominate next hmm Oh, that's a tough choice. I'm yeah. hesitating between Sadie and Mrs. Danvers. I'll probably go Mrs. Danvers. Mrs. Danvers? Yeah. Because. She's the closest one on this list to having a, a, a blood on their hands. Right? I think so. I think so. But she also, I'm not giving her a pass, but she. She does. <laughs> She does try and prompt uh, the main character, Rebecca, to commit suicide. Yeah, she was not going to kill her herself. She was just going to let <laughs> let her uh, let her do she it. She understands plausible deniability. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. She just, she's not necessarily a, the worst character. She just feels very creepy to me is what it was when we watched the movie. The way her makeup is done and uh, her lines and all that and the way she walks and appears in in different scenes she's just she's creepier than she is mean yeah i think she's the closest one to being what we call evil on this list yeah but being evil doesn't necessarily make you the worst (laughs) there are worse things than being evil is what we're learning that too so yeah too i i would be comfortable getting rid of mrs danvers off this list all right which leaves us with Anne, sadie and and murray all all different flavors of shittiness (laughs) which which uh shit sunday will win them all yeah 
Because Anne Stanton's just a, a, she's just a spoiled child who has gross uh, methods for choosing a mate, which are rich and powerful. Yeah. And her shitty lines about it. I just want you to do something important, Jack. Yeah. I want you to be someone. Yep. Let's not forget that in her shittiness, she did something that led to her uncle's death, her uncle's and suicide. Her, and her brother. And Willie. So she's And Willie. She is, yeah, and everybody. She's yeah, responsible for at least three deaths, three deaths that we know of. And learned absolutely nothing from any of it. Yeah. I we do not get to see what happens to her after the credits roll, but I have absolutely zero faith that any of those events of that movie produced any sort of change in her at all. And then Sadie, Sadie's just mean. Sadie's, yeah, she's mean, she's blunt, she also she's glorifies uh, Willie. She's cruel and takes pleasure in her cruelty. Yeah. In a really slimy and gross way. And Marie Derry is just an empty soulless husk. Yeah. Yeah, take the picture. Just materialistic, very similar to Anne Stanton in that way. I think so. I think so. Uh, Mary, Marie Nadari, to me, she's, it's more the fact that she is, she is rude to her husband, is really what it is. It's oh, yeah, because like, he's just a, an, an ornament for, he's not an actual person. Yeah. Whenever she's, I'll always remember that scene in the bathroom with Peggy when she's like, oh, you know, find find yourself someone who doesn't make thirty two fifty a week, just the the bad mouthing your spouse. Yeah. I, like I've said it during that episode, it's just like that rubbed me really the wrong way. Like it, that's just not something I would ever see your myself doing to value you. Value as a person is directly correlated to your paycheck. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. But uh, yet, the exact same attitude uh, Anne Stanton had. And yet, like for Marie Derry, I feel like she's not on the level of Sadie or Anne. Yeah. So I think she can be chopped off this list. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Sadie. Because there's, there's something wrong with all the people on this list. But with Sadie, at a, at a deeper level, there's like... There's something twisted about her. She's like taking, she is aware of what she's doing and she's taking mm-hmm. pleasure in it. Yeah. Which is a, a different level of, of sliminess than I think the other people on this list. See, weirdly enough, I ha- I've had a change of heart in this conversation. I was going to say Anne is probably the worst. because She murdered so many people with her childishness. Yeah, and she is manipulative also. You know, that scene at the end when she comes and see Jack in his hotel and she's like, oh, if you ever loved me. Yeah. And like, ah, can't. she's gross. He hit me, Jack. He hit, he hit me. me. Yeah. Yeah, She she's manipulative and uh, materialistic and doesn't... The uh, the trauma she gets from killing people is uh, how it affects her and how she won't have access to money anymore rather yeah. than <laughs> there are dead people. Right. Sure. I could... Sadie or Anne. If you want to go with Anne, I'm fine going with Anne. I don't like her either. Her well, stupid, let's go with Anne then. Her stupid head thing. Yeah. I can't believe I was going to chop her off the this list at the beginning. 
the the winner for worst female Anne Stanton. Yep. All right, we have best visuals overall next. Our first nominee is Casablanca. Our next nominee is The Lost Weekend. Then Hamlet. And then Rebecca. This is a tough one. I don't think it is. I think it's Casablanca, hands down. <laughs> I mean, I understand, but there were some like really great scenes and great shots in all of these movies. Yeah. For as much as we shit on Hamlet, it had some uh it's had some really good visuals. Yeah. The ghost king and the camera moving through the castle and and the sets and the the stormy waves breaking against the the cliff. Yeah, those were beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah, and Rebecca is just a a masterpiece of of visual storytelling with uh, Mandalay and it, it being its own character in the movie basically yeah. with how imposing and uh, overbearing it is. Which yeah. is all due to the cinematography. Which, it was weird, but it, there was so much, even though it was in black and white, I felt like there was so much uh, work that was done uh, with lighting Yeah. in uh, Rebecca. Same thing with Casablanca. Yes, like, masterful use of shadows. Yes, yes. Last weekend, uh, there were a couple shots, you know, that we mentioned in the episode that were great. More than just shots, the experimental camera work, like yeah. with the camera going into the, the glass and the, the tumble down the stairs and the, yeah. the floating coats when he goes to the... Yeah, that's when you really started to get a feel for uh, them, like, stretching the boundaries of what was possible at the time. The most experimental thing we've watched so far. So, yeah, yes. they all they all have their good qualities and strength. I just... Casablanca is one of the greatest movies ever made for a reason. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think we can give uh, this one to Casablanca, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Casablanca. All right. Best visual specific scene is the next category. Mm -hmm. And our first nominee is Hamlet for The Ghost King. Then we have Rebecca for Menderly uh, burning at the end. Yep. And Casablanca, the note being washed away in the rain. Yeah. Il says love notes yep. at the end. Uh, not at the end. Just in the, the rain. The flashback. The end in of the, the flashback. Fa yes. And last one is Rebecca for the foggy beach. Yep. Which I nominate to be on the, the chopping block first. Yeah. It's the the weakest out of these. It's not bad. It's just the weakest. Yeah. I I even I had forgotten uh, which scene it was when we talked about it when we made this list. So yeah, to me <laughs> I I remember the scene. Yeah. I know I know what it looks like, but yeah, it's not it's it was not an obvious one for me. Atmospheric, well done, great lighting, great mood, great atmosphere. Just doesn't hold up with the others. No. Honorable mention. Yeah. Mm. What are you going to take off? Will you kill the Ghost King for a second time? Will I you, think so. Will you burn down Mandalay again? I think I'm going to take off the Ghost King. The Ghost King. I. It was a great visual. It was really well done. <sighs> Overall, like, it, yeah, I have stronger memories stronger visuals with uh rebecca and casablanca i can see that i think it was it was unique because it's far and away the most supernatural thing we've encountered so far mm -hmm. and they did they did a really good job with his makeup he looks neat 
He's yeah. he's suitably a uh, creepy and atmospheric. I like that he has a like the visual uh, heartbeat yes. that happens on screen where he has like the visual calling card whenever he shows up and the sound effect the the lid of hell opening and all that. But that was definitely unique and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it in French or in English, so I'll let that one go. No, I'll just say it's definitely a, a unique scene in everything that we've watched so far. Yeah. But being unique is not enough. So it comes down to Mandalay burning and the note washing away in the rain. Uh, yeah. I think we both know it's the note. I Yes. Mandalay burning was uh, a great visually striking scene, like and cathartic. To finally see the the ghost being exercised, yes. like yeah, piss off, ghost! Finally, die. It, it was symbolic more than anything else. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Finally, uh, getting rid of the curse. It was symbolic and like grandiose in itself, just to watch the uh, watch the mansion burn. But it's not. I don't know. I don't have to uh, how to phrase it. It's. Still the, not as strong as the note washing away in the in the rain in Casablanca. The heartbreaking simplicity of it. Yeah. No, the metaphor of uh, yeah, the relationship washing away with the letters. It was just a beautiful moment. Yeah. To to see it on screen, there was I feel just a lot of details that were put into it. The handwriting of the note. I would still. I still haven't yeah. looked it up. I want to know if, if the the actress who played Ilsa Ingrid Bergman. I want to know if she actually wrote the note. I need to make a note of, of actually looking that up. Mm-hmm. The handwriting was beautiful. The scene, the setting was beautiful. Just seeing the the actual like drops of water coming down the the piece of paper that was yeah it was amazing the tragedy of both these final two scenes is that they had to destroy the props in order to (laughs) to film them yeah both the note and the model of mandalay yeah so casablanca wins again (laughs) it's sweeping everything it's just it's not fair to any of the other movies on on this list because they had the misfortune of um, yeah being in this decade yeah with this fucking titan (laughs) onto most stylish all right and our nominees are casablanca the lost weekend rebecca and all the king's men is it just casablanca again (laughs) We should at least discuss why we nominated the other ones too. Yeah. And what we mean by style, which is I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it, at least in the way that we talked about it in the last retrospective, is like having a movie where that has its own atmosphere that creates it its own I think world. Intent is important. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The reason why I think I wanted to put all the King's Men on this list at, uh, was to me that it felt like an era piece. Like it felt like it was really anchored into a specific time yeah, of history. Politics in the in the South in the 40s. Yeah. In layers of specificity. Yeah. Layers of specificity. I feel like there was a lot of detail also that was put into just creating a specific 
atmosphere for the South. And that's the reason why I felt like it was to me like the the movie was in in a little bubble in a in a way that not that other movies haven't had the same feel or that they were in their own bubble, but I don't know there was a an extra layer to that for me with all the King's men. It was such a unique time and place, and they captured yeah. it. Yeah. Although I think they relied a little too much on uh, newspaper headlines and montages for their narrative. Yeah, honorable mention. So Rebecca, The Lost Weekend, and Casablanca. The Lost Weekend was really good at creating, uh, at having style and be, uh, being stylish and, and creating its own atmosphere too. There was, yeah, a lot of att- intention in those shots with yeah. like him being framed dead center with the glass and the camera going into the alcohol, which you've already mentioned, and some of those scenes when he's wandering through the city and it's shot as if he's a man wandering through a desert. Mm-hmm. Scenes at night when, you know, when he's looking for the bottle that's hidden in the ceiling lamp and all that. That's really, really well done. The The scene when he's in the alcoholism ward also, when it's at night and he's seeing the, the guy in the corner kind of like creeping in the corner because he's seeing beetles or something like that. Yeah. Uh, just the face that he makes is, it's not terrifying. It's not scary, but you can see the kind of the horror on his face of being uh, being there and witnessing what's happening at night there. Yeah. I would argue, though, that style is more confident and it felt like they were experimenting and trying things out mm-hmm. in that movie. And if you are t- truly stylish, you have already done all the experimentation and you know, you know, you're more confident with what you're presenting. There is an ease and an elegance to style. I understand what you're saying. At the same time, I feel like the experimentation has to account for something. Sure. We have to give credit where credit is due on this one, I think. No. I also loved, I don't know if that really relates to style here, but I remembered, you know, one of the scenes when uh, he's at the bar, when Don is at the bar and he's talking about those, like, male characters or like you know, people who have existed and that we rec- recognize some of them. I don't know how to express that, but it's it also felt intentional. Like it felt like there was a clear intention to give existing references. Yeah, I think it was much more contemporary yeah. than any of the other movies we watched. And there might be more style in the writing in The yeah. Lost Weekend than there is in the, in the visuals. I think so. No. I think so. Which, you know, is also a type of style. So Sure. That's good. I don't think it, it hangs with these other two, though. These juggernauts we have in, in Casablanca and Rebecca. Yeah. Both just master classes in, in visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. And... I think Casablanca has to win out because it has the more stylish <laughs> writing. I feel like if we gave this, we'd just be like looking for an excuse not to give it to Casablanca because Casablanca's already won so many much other stuff on here. But... Well, hold on, because we have most stylish and then we have best writing. Yep. Which Casablanca's probably going to win both, but... It might. 
and that might. might that might be the category it gets the most run for its money but yeah most stylish like fuck come on it's yeah it's it's the best noir anything that's ever been made <laughs> and absolutely noir is already one of the most stylish genres so to be the the best in one of the most stylish genres like yeah of course like the shadows and the the broken detectives and the the sarcastic witty dialogue and the yeah. the people pulling guns on each other and the twists and the the heartache and yeah one thing i appreciated about the movie is really having long sequen- uh, sequences like the beginning the first third of like the movie almost happens at in the gambling room at Rick's cafe and you get so much time in the space you like you move here and there and you move in different uh, places within the cafe but you're in that space for so long that you kind of like get a feel for yeah for the atmosphere for the people who are there for what they're looking for and and what they're doing when they're uh, over there i don't know it it had a uniqueness to it that yeah that i haven't seen very often like where you almost kind of feel like you're a part of the scene and you get comfortable in the scene and yeah it's so good at just setting up yeah exactly what this place is and what you need to know and visually doling out information and just style and atmosphere is so thick you can just choke on it it's right where like don't get me wrong like rebecca was also good oh, it, yeah. it was amazing at setting up incredible the, it was it had its own atmosphere the suspense how much yeah how much weight is carried just from the camera work in that movie is yes. incredible yeah the suspense is really was really held to me until the reveal of the the plot twist like i yeah. didn't really have any how much dread creeping dread it can manage to uh give the audience just from a a little bit of music and a camera shot yeah i didn't have any inkling of what the twist was going to be i knew there was going to be a twist but i didn't know what it was yeah but it plays its cards close to its vest until the reveal yeah yeah well yeah two two titans but casablanca is a titan among titans (laughs) Casablanca is sitting at the top of both our list and it's going to win. It's winning big on this retrospective. Yeah, for a reason. Goddamn, it's it's an incredible movie. Yeah. Best writing. Casablanca. <laughs> Best years of our lives. Lost Weekend. And How Green Was My Valley. Man, these were all... These were all great and in different ways. Yes. For... Okay, How Green Was My Valley, to me, I just loved. The writing felt so authentic. Like, the relationships between the characters felt natural and fluid. It didn't feel forced. They felt like real people instead of movie people. They felt like a real family. Yep. Like, the, the whole Morgan family, when they were on screen, man, the casting was great. And the just the writing was uh, was also amazing. Like they felt like they could actually be a family. Yep, they have their uh, eccentric habits like real people do, and their squabbles like real people do, and their uh, affection like real people do. Yeah, which was also the strength of the best years of our lives. 
I would say so. That was just like being in the 40s. That was wild. Yeah. It, again, like the conversations, the, yeah, the the characters, the relationships were amazing and, and beautifully represented. Yeah. The political issues of the times with that guy. We were dragged into the war. Like, n- no one has said that sentence in like 30 years <laughs> or more in modern times. So yeah, to just to just be in that space with the the concerns of the time, with all these people who are acting like regular people would at the time. Yeah, and like you know, we're gonna get into it with some of the with the best moment too. But like the writing of that scene between Wilma and Homer, it just oh, and I don't know how to encapsulate it, but it was really not heartbreaking. But or heartbreaking in a good way, where you're like, "Damn, this was so well represented." Yeah, the vulnerability of it. Yes, yes. It, I don't know. It just wasn't overdone. It was just. It felt really true to life. Yeah, and so what are we gonna take off first? Oh gosh. I think it would probably be the lost weekend. Because the the strength in the writing is for what he says, yeah. Mostly, not the main. Not necessarily for the entire movie. Yeah, when the main character is talking, yeah, he's very eloquent. It's not for the entire movie as a as like a one cohesive product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just he's able to monologue well. I think so. So, I think that'll be going first. Okay. Uh... And Best Years of Our Lives and How Green of My Valley are are good for very similar reasons. But Casablanca gave us some of the, like, at least a dozen iconic sentences. Yes, there are so many iconic phrases from that movie and the writing. It's still almost 100 years later is so goddamn sharp and clever. Yes. It is one of the only... Might be the only movie we've watched that made me legitimately laugh in the way I was supposed to laugh from mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? I've laughed plenty ironically at the, the stupid clumsy shit some of these movies have tried to pull. But goddamn, Casablanca is just funny sometimes. With like the, are my eyes really brown? Yeah. And the, uh, personally, I prefer to think you killed a man. It's the romantic in me. Like, fuck, this movie's good. And it was just amazingly delivered, too. Yeah, perfect delivery, perfect writing. Yeah. Fuck you, Casablanca. Get, take another award, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Gobble them all up. We can't stop you. Uh, finally, a category that Casablanca won't be in. <laughs> Worst moment of the decade. And our first nominee is Hamlet for Does Not Yon Cloud Look Like a Camel? Although, really, you could just put Hamlet the entire goddamn movie for this. <laughs> in a similar way that there's so many iconic lines to choose from in Casablanca. There are so many nonsensical e- lines from Hamlet. Every single scene in Hamlet could be on this list. <laughs> 
So it's really not this specific scene. It's just this is the representation for Hamlet in its entirety. This is the one in the episode where you said, this is the scene that like broke my Snapped brain. Snapped my goddamn brain in half. <laughs> that one and the when he asked, how are you doing, Hamlet? And it's... uh. Uh, the lobster's dish and my promise crammed and one does not catch capron so yes and that is it was a lot yep so Hamlet's our first nominee yep and then we have the last weekend for uh don pretending to be in love with a prostitute to get money from her yeah pulling the reverse prostitute on her and getting money from her yep and then we have uh, the public shaming in How Green Was My Valley for she had extramarital sex, I guess, was what they were shaming her about. That's what we're meant to understand. They're sort of excommunicating a, a woman for having a child out of wedlock. Did she even have a kid? I didn't think it got that far. I just thought she... She was pregnant. Oh, she was? Yes. Okay. Publicly shaming a pregnant woman. Yeah. Yeesh. And uh, uh, forbidding her from coming back to church. Yeah, they're like trying to banish her or something. Yeah. Oh, can I can I not come back to church? Oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and then we have Mrs. Miniver and the whole sequence with the German soldier. Watching him eat cheese for 10 minutes. <laughs> and then we have gentlemen's agreement for all pretend to be a Jew. <laughs> What a great idea, says the main character. All right. Who's going to the chopping block first? Uh, who's going to the chopping block? Um, oh, that's a tougher one than I expected. Than I expected it to be. Probably the scene in Mrs. Miniver for with the German soldier. To yeah. me, it just it's ridiculous and it's and it's long pointless. and pointless. Just padding the runtime of the movie out. Yeah. It's just one of those scenes that's just like, what are we supposed to get from this? Like, yeah. who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> but yes, I agree with you. But it, in itself, it's not exactly like a and an awful moment the, or anything. The entire movie suffers from that bad pacing. So it's just the most egregiously bad pacing in, in a movie full of it. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it, it's long and it doesn't have a lot of repercussions in the no in the entire movie afterwards so i was like no okay what's getting chopped next i would nominate uh, don pretending to love the prostitute to get money like shitty but nobody nobody died you know (laughs) some hearts got broken but eh (laughs) It's a sleazy thing to do, but he, you know, he's in the thrall of an addiction. <laughs> we'll give him a pass for yep. it. And he falls down the stairs immediately afterwards. So, <laughs> so he's getting punished. He's already paid for his sins. <laughs> he's, oh yeah, he's falling down the stairs, and then he's getting sent to the yeah, alcoholic ward. He doesn't even get to spend the money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he gets his immediate karma. Yep. All right. What's going next? I feel gentleman's agreement. Gentleman's agreement? I'd take off the public shaming before I took off. Really? Yeah. Tell me why. It's bad, but I just think the other two that are left are worse. I just, I don't think 
The other two are like emblematic of larger issues and like faulty thinking, which this this scene certainly is representative of faulty thinking as well. But I, it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel like in the, in the same like weight class. Yeah, I guess like I, it's something that I didn't really mention when we did the the episode on how green was my valley is like that scene of public shaming. There was just no way for her to win. Oh no! Because that, that was the point of it was to to drag her through the mud and shame her. Yeah, because she had she is pregnant out of wedlock and choosing to uh, you know to have the baby. So there's just there's no way uh, for her to uh, to win because if she had let's say chosen to get an abortion at that time she would probably also have been oh yeah prevented from coming back to church because abortion and yeah there's just i don't know it just felt really shitty because there was no way out for her there was no no way to turn the her situation around yeah it was definitely rancid yeah but everything on this list is rancid <laughs> I mean, to be fair, also, like, the Hamlet does not yawn cloud look like a camel. It's not necessarily a bad... Nothing bad happens. It's just this is the level of ridiculousness that we had to deal with with this movie for over two hours. Yeah, it it really is just symbolic for the movie as a whole, just being complete and utter fucking nonsense (laughs) yeah it was it was more like it it felt like as an audience we were just we were treated as idiots which i didn't really appreciate but you know nobody's being bad to each other nobody's being uh racist or nobody's manipulating so what you're saying is being slimy we should have put on this list the scene where hamlet murders a man makes out with his mother and then drags the corpse away (laughs) absolutely so i think we should have put the entire movie of hamlet on this list uh the entire movie of hamlet is the worst moment of this decade it it really is (laughs) yeah that's the the thing about hamlet is it it simultaneously feels like too easy to give it this award, but also how could you give it to anything else? Oh yeah, because Hamlet was so terrible. Yeah, because like for a gentleman's agreement, the scene when he's saying "I'll pretend to be a Jew," oh it man, was, oh, Oof. I remember we were watching it. I was like, oh no. Yeah, because I had I had read the. Uh, the description of the movie before we started watching it so i knew that was coming but you didn't so you you got to experience it in real time yeah I was like, that, oh. yeah just the 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 swing and a miss on that statement <laughs> just landing with a thud and everyone else going along with it like that's a great idea yeah. <laughs> like oh man this is some this did not age well <laughs> This is some 40-year-old sour milk right here. It did not age well. Just the, yeah, the idea. How did they, how did anybody think that this was a good idea for a movie or that... I get that they're trying to say that we're all the same at the end of the day. 
and there isn't really any differences between people, but what a clunky, dumb way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> what it, What an ignorant, like, naive, childish, I'll just pretend to be the thing, and that'll show them. Oof. Yeah, just the fact that this also came out so close after World War Two. It just did not sit well with me. Like we oh, were yeah. just we were right out of World War Two and a concentration camps. The cowardice and of them not that. talking about it. Yep. Yeah, and the, yeah, exactly. Just the cowardice of them not even mentioning it renders their entire argument and self righteousness just pathetic. I understand that you know people were afraid that the anti semitism that was spreading through New York and through the United States was probably going to lead to some sort of civil war on American soil. But man, did they go... They didn't go the right way about it. You know, I'm starting to talk myself into not giving this to Hamlet. Because this category is worst moment of the decade. And Hamlet is just... The whole thing is is bad. It's not a moment. Hamlet is a a bad experience Mm -hmm. in its totality. Gentleman's Agreement is not bad in its entirety, but... It has moments that are just, that make your skin crawl. Yes, and this was, this was a real bad moment. Yeah. (laughs) So I think I'd be comfortable giving it to Gentleman's Agreement. I think so too. Like this one, and then the, another moment from Gentleman's Agreement that comes to mind right now is that scene at the end with... I have such a bad memory for character names. I think it's Charlie, the um, the his, soldier. His Jewish friend? Yes. I have no clue. I don't remember anybody's name. And the love interest when they're at the restaurant and she is asking kind of like stupid questions about Do you what think she I'm should have an, done. Yeah. yeah. Do you think I'm an anti-Semite? And I heard the joke and it was I felt so bad. Did you say anything? Huh? yeah that was another moment that made my skin crawl is like her not even realizing that she's asking the wrong questions and that should stand up to bullies what yeah (laughs) and that she doesn't i don't know she doesn't i want the problem to go away but i'm not going to say anything about it to anyone who has the problem (laughs) okay Gentlemen's agreement. Worst moment of the decade. Pretending to be a Jew. Let's not pretend to be anything else in the future movies. I beg you. And then our final category. The best moment of the decade. And we start with Mrs. Miniver for the war bonds announcement at By the end of the movie. war bonds and stamps, it says. <laughs> And then after that, we have Casablanca, the note disappearing in the rain again. Mm-hmm. Best years of our lives, Wilma accepting Homer without his hands. And how green was my valley, Mr. Uh, Gruffid slash Griffith speech when he's just uh, spitting hellfire and brimstone at these shitheads <laughs> and giving them the what for, the tongue lashing they deserve. Yeah, I think I'll probably take off Mrs. Miniver first just because it was a good goof. <laughs> yeah, that's our, our joke uh, nominee of the of the decade. Yeah, it was a good goof at the end of the movie, but it wasn't... 
Despite the fact that uh, last decade in the 30s, uh, our goof moment won the whole decade. <laughs> I think there, there are better moments in this list. Yes, uh, the, the medium is maturing and so must we. We must put this childish goofing behind us. <laughs> yep. Until the 50s, at least. Uh, I think Mr. Griffith's speech goes next. Oh, actually, a surprise, shocking revelation here. I was going to take off Casablanca. The note in the rain? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. We're just not there yet. <laughs> I may have revealed my hand for what I want to win. <laughs> But yeah, Mr. Griffith's speech, it was incredible. It was great. It was It was e- on point. It was everything I wanted to happen from All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. When uh when Paul mm-hmm. when Paul didn't yeah, lambast all of those people that were sending uh, millions of children to die in a war. Yeah, Mr. Griffith just finally Finally, the the shitty people in these movies just being told point blank, no question, unequivocally, you are shitty, bad people. (laughs) And then just walking away. Yeah, because so many of these movies aren't even really aware of how shitty the characters in them are. Mm. The thing to like, you're gone with the winds and things like that and and Hamlet and, and all that kind of stuff. To finally have a moment where they realize how bad these people are and fully just dig into them. And the fact that he just walks out, he just drops the mic and leaves at the end of it, doesn't even wait for a response. You're all terrible. You suck. Goodbye. That was was beautiful. It was great. Yeah. However. However. There was a, a moment in this decade I think was even better. And that was Wilma accepting Homer without his hands and the all the vulnerability that came with it in the scene. Yep. What an uh, amazing human moment. Yeah. It's been rare. It's been rare in these movies and all the movies that, are, that we've seen that we see so much authentic emotions Yep. and just human emotions well we've had a lot of movies that are very specific like time and place and trying to be about specific situations like war or uh, a coal mining town uh going to ruin and things like that the beauty of this moment is its universality this is just a human moment uh, detached from context or from time it just all you know it is can work in any time period for any people f- for anyone this yeah. this feeling of, of being vulnerable and being scared and then being accepted yeah and looking for acceptance from the people you love looking for looking oh, how to phrase it yeah just Looking to be given the sort of love that you also give them. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that Homer, Homer is being really good at. It's just accept, accepting people for who they are and however they are. And that's all he was looking for from Wilma. Just knowing that she wasn't afraid of him because of his hooks. And that she could still see 
the human in him instead of somebody who had been physically damaged. Yep. It is it is the terror of taking a leap of faith and then the catharsis of having the safe landing. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. If I'm, you know, if I'm being honest, also part of the reason why I love this scene so much is like how much you love it. And just hearing you talk about it when we've been uh, discussing the movie to, together is just the way you see it, the way I can see it through your eyes is also just beautiful to me. So it has an extra layer to how I'm looking at it and how I'm understanding it. Yeah. Not to say that the the note in Casablanca wasn't beautiful. It was. It really these, was. These are two incredibly beautiful scenes, but... And it was a heartbreaking moment. Yeah, both very human. Yeah. In their execution, just uh, the vulnerability of, of Homer taking his hands off was just what a, a rare thing to see that kind of like male vulnerability in the 40s. Yes. That, I mean, it's still rare today. Yeah. So back then, that was wow. I did not expect that at all. And also the fact that he wasn't a professional actor. Holy shit. <laughs> what an amazing performance. Yeah. Like, it, it elevates it somewhat because everything in Casablanca is incredible, but also they're all masterclass actors at the height of their power, right? At their peak, where this was the, like the first movie he had ever been in and he wasn't in another one until like 40 years later mm -hmm. wild yeah so i think i think that the scenes deserves it deserves the best moment yep absolutely truly deserves it moment of the decade so do you want to go over all the winners or do you want to talk about the decade overall first let's go we can do both I think yeah, let's but go just over the winners first. Winners and then, first? Yes. Alrighty. Yeah. And all right. Take turns this time. Yes. Leave some food for me. Don't gobble it all up. <laughs> so best male character went to Rick from Casablanca. Shocker. Best female character went to Mom Morgan for her threats of decimating an entire community with her bare hands. God damn it if you mess with my family. <laughs> Worst male character went to Willie Stark. Whole world, Willie Stark. Willie Stark, whole world. <laughs> Worst female character went to Anne Stanton for not looking anyone in the goddamn eye when you kill three people, Anne. <laughs> Best visuals overall went to, you guessed it, Casablanca, because it couldn't go to anyone else. Yeah, of course it did. Uh, best visual specific scene also went to Casablanca because of course it did. <laughs> for specifically for the note washing in the rain. Washing away in the rain. Mm -hmm. Yep. Most stylish also went to Casablanca because Casablanca can't can get enough awards. Casa what now? <laughs> Never heard of it. Best writing Casablanca. <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. You guys should watch it. <laughs> I feel this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yep. Of all the gin joints in all the world, she had to walk into mine. Yeah. Ah, uh, then worst moment of the decade 
went to gentleman's agreement for that scene when our the protagonist says, I'll pretend to be a Jew. That and let's let's just take a moment to appreciate that this is how bad and inept Hamlet is. It couldn't even win the award for worst. <laughs> you fail at everything, Hamlet. <laughs> And our award for the best moment of the entire decade of the 1940s went to Wilma accepting Homer without his hands from the best years of our lives. Yeah. So what'd you think of the decade overall? It started really strong. Yep. And then it ended also really strongly, but the opposite way. Like the the end was, oh, it was hard to watch. We were, yeah, flying high, sitting pretty in first place for the majority of the decade and then right before the finish line all our wheels flew off the engine caught fire and we just like barrel rolled our way over the finish line the second half of the decade was really i feel like after what was it after casablanca there was casablanca was 43 or 42 42 yeah really that early yeah i've after Casablanca, it kind of nosedived progressively. Yeah, I had a higher opinion of a lot of the the middle stuff than you did. Like, I liked uh, The Lost Weekend a lot more than you did. And yes. I liked How Green Was My Valley a lot more than you did. And I liked uh, The Best Years of Our Lives a lot. So it was a stronger decade for me than it was for you. Yeah. The, the, uh, the end, particularly for me, with All the King's Men... And Gentleman's Agreement was just, it, I don't know, it just... Hamlet and All the King's Men were, Ham, the, yeah, were Hamlet, the last two. Yeah, Hamlet too. Hamlet was 48, and then All the King's Men was 49. All the King's Men, it wasn't terrible. It just didn't come anywhere close to the heights we had reached in the yes. decade before. It was just, it's boring. Which is one of the worst things a movie can be. It was boring, and it was just like, like I was saying during the episode, it was just, it was... It's always annoying to me to just see somebody who everybody knows that they're corrupt, but then nobody is doing anything about it. Yeah, the, oh, he's setting piles of babies on fire. Should should we stop him? I don't know if we should stop him. Should we stop him? <laughs> <laughs> and then no one stops and he just gets assassinated. Yeah, end. it's just that. It's just the, the sheer passivity of the people around him and just, yeah. and the... The way that he's being enabled to. It can't be helped. (laughs) It can be helped, yes. It's just that, yeah, the way that he's being enabled by Sadie and other goons around him, it was just disgusting to me. Yeah, it was the movie that contained both the worst male and worst female character of the decade. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) Uh, Overall, though, I think I can feel the the medium evolving. Yeah, that was... way stronger writing in this decade leaps and bounds better writing the really starting to to get into it and uh, understand what works and what doesn't and and how to put your own style and spin on things yeah dialogues were amazing dialogue is is much more improved over the 30s yeah 
that was definitely one of the that's why we added the best writing category because it didn't feel like it was needed in the 30s but definitely in the 40s and the writing was really highlighted yeah there was definitely a lot more just like what the fuck is even going on in the 30s Mm. movies where here was a lot more more on point and you can more relatable let's say overall not that we didn't have our uh camel looking clouds (laughs) But those were fewer and far between, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's, they're trying new stuff. They're being more experimental. We're getting better characterization, better camera work. People are getting more confident. Styles are developing. Except for the opening of the movies when we had the, oh. <laughs> we forgot to, to talk about that again. Yeah, the, those the beige carpet openings. Yes. You know, what the fuck is going on yes. there? Because of uh, little behind the scenes baseball here. We've already watched the first movie for the 50s and that shit's still happening. <laughs> what is this? It looks like there's just a piece of canvas or something. They behind- just pointed the, the damn camera at the carpet. <laughs> We're trapped in this beige limbo. I thought we were out. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that there will be some uh, more original openings in the future. Yeah, it just it feels like a like a, a placeholder where you you use this when you haven't put in the background for the openings yet, but it's the actual opening background. I don't get it. It's so I. It might be the same carpet too. We should like <laughs> side by go side. Go back. How how deep does this rot go? Mm. I'm gonna blow this case wide open. Mm. Things I'm looking forward to maybe for the fifties is more good writing. Quality of writing improving. Yeah. We'll finally get uh, consistent color movies. Yeah. We'll finally get out of the the black and white we've been in. Yeah. Not that I haven't enjoyed it. Just um. Like you said, it's time. It's time for colors. Yeah. It's time to to be able to tell what color things are. Yeah. Look at this beautiful rose. (laughs) And it's just the color of like dirt. (laughs) And then again, like there are movies like Casablanca. When I found out that there is is a like remastered version of it in color. Like I would not want to see this. Ruin that entire movie. (laughs) I would not want to see this destroy the art you know no terrible awful same thing for the last weekend i think the fact that it was in black and white just added an extra layer to it too like i would not want to see it in colors no but yeah they they make use of the the limitations because those were the limitations but once we have this whole other realm to work in i'm looking forward to to what people were doing are going to do with it Damn, we do have the looming specter of Ben-Hur at the end of the 50s, though. It's just going to be the the looming storm cloud the yeah. entire time. Yes. Ben-Hur and what is the Lawrence other one? Of Lawrence Arabia of Arabia. Are, I think, four years apart. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. Those are both going to be two-parters. I'll tell you right now, audience. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's it. I'm. This is a good decade. I'm looking forward to the fifties. Really looking forward to the sixties. Me too. I, I think that's. I think that's when shit's really gonna. It's really gonna hit its stride and shit's gonna get wild. I. I don't know all the movies that were nominated and won in the sixties, but 
there is one that I'm very much looking forward to watching with you in the 60s, and that's The Sound of Music. Mm. Musical. So the synopsis will be, song happens. <laughs> Second song happens. I'll be singing the songs. Third song happens. The end. Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, anything else? No, just to remind you, the next movie next week will be all about Eve. All about Eve as we enter into the 1950s. New movie in a new decade. Until then, thanks everybody for listening. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's it, that's it, that's it.